Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tapped out, Bazemore takes it away from Hayward. Bazemore on the run. Hood stops in progress. Hayward spikes it off the glass. All the way into the front court. You are locked on jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday celebration. January 16th, 2017. Gordon Hayworth. Let's really take a look at what this guy has done. Jazz go 2-0 over the weekend. We'll take a look at those. Rodney Hood's injury, the impact, and moving toward the trade deadline. Some thoughts on the Jazz roster coming up. It's all on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Thanks for tuning in. Apologize, it's a little bit of a late post today on a Monday. I have a sneaking suspicion that many of you are going to be grabbing this on Tuesday and uh, catching up during the week. Maybe you got Monday off. Uh, the uh, Glad to have you aboard um, on the show today on Martin Luther King birthday. I'm a little behind uh, for two reasons. One is I have my family out here in Phoenix. My daughter and my wife came, which made it much more enjoyable last night to have them uh, with me on the road. She's out here golfing in 50-degree weather. It's not quite as warm as I think she had hoped. And she being my daughter. And uh, also I woke up with a uh, – my voice was all funky, so had to kind of wait till it came around. Uh, what do I got for you on the show today? It's brought to you by Jamalto. Dan Spence, and nice enough to see him at the game the other night. He came by, said hi at the broadcast booth, and left me a very nice, kind thank you note. That tells you a little bit of the quality of guy we're talking about with, with Dan Spence and Jamalto, your digital, uh, your digital safety answer, your your rim protector of uh, digital of the digital world and the digital security. We'll tell you a little bit about more about Jamalto uh, moving forward. But nonetheless, uh, we're gonna. I want to talk about Gordon. I really just kind of want to dig in today uh, and, and discuss him, and then we'll look at both the games, uh, and then obviously the Rodney Hood injury. So those are the three items uh, that I have on uh, my my schedule for you today. Uh, let's dig in uh, for, of course. Um, uh oh. Um, oh, sorry. I just got an email. Uh, about one of my fa- titled uh, one of my favorite announcers in the league's uh, first name, and it was un- it was letting us know that his father had passed. But I got very nervous that maybe something had happened to him. So sorry, that was a little bit of live stuff there because I was heading down to pull up our latest pin across the world for you and find out uh, what what we're going to share. Who is our pin across the world? He- Steve Thompson. I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area as a Bullets and a Maryland Terrapins fan. Now live in the Detroit area in 1992. After years of frustration with performance and draft picks, the Bullets finally did me in by selecting Tom Gugliotta over Walt Williams to Terrapin great. The guy I sat next to in 
Talmud class, for reasons unbeknownst to me, was a jazz fan, constantly talked about them. So looking for a new team, naturally I gravitated to the jazz. Living in the D.C. area, there were not many opportunities to see jazz until playoff team, which was fortunately every season. In college, I met up with a guy from Connecticut who happened to be a jazz fan. At the time, Maryland didn't have cable in the dorm, so we had to find uh, the right door that didn't look in the student center to go watch for them on TNT. I can recall... uh, I can clearly recall the epic series with Seattle in 96 and the Stockton shot over Houston in the finals. I thought watching John Stockton, became, though watching, through watching, sorry, them, Stockton became my favorite player and I modeled my game as a point guard after him. Nothing like seeing someone my size being able to dominate the game. Even after the heyday of John and Carl, I stayed loyal to the team through thick and thin and caught them on TV and in person when they came to town. I'm really excited about this year, and I think that their potential to finish with a top four seed in a very tough West. In my opinion, our roster is probably the best when healthy to challenge the Warriors. That's an awesome story. That's Steve Thompson from Huntington Woods, Michigan. There are just so many different little reasons why everybody becomes a fan. I love that. Steve, thank you for sharing that. Please share with me your pin across the world. So often, and, and I love those as well, it's, you know, it's obviously because of the dad or the grandmother took him to the games or whatever it is, but that was a cool one. Just looked for a team, had a buddy, and that's a bond they'll forever have. Uh, so f- fabulous, Steve. Really super appreciate you taking the time. Uh, to share that with us at dlock09 at gmail.com. I want to just kind of dig in on Gordon for a second. I I do think there's a real chance he's going to make the All-Star team. I I figure that's probably a part of this conversation. But I want to make sure we're all kind of perfectly aware of what we're watching happen. The the level of work and commitment, uh, the evolution of his game. If you've been a season ticket holder and followed this guy, uh, he came to the NBA. I was trying to find this this morning. His draft combine, he weighed 211 pounds. He now weighs 235 probably. So the first thing we have that's going on here with Gordon is just an unrelenting, incredible work ethic to change who he is physically as a player. Then the evolution of who he is uh, and his mentality, when and and this is where I do think if he makes the All Star game, there's some some really important dramatic things that could change to uh, of how he approaches the game and some things of that nature. But when when he came to the NBA, and you go back and look at his Butler numbers, he averaged 16 points and eight rebounds and a single assist. He actually averaged two turnovers, um, and and what he did at Butler. When the Jazz were looking at drafting him, and I actually was not a big fan of his coming out of the draft, uh, it was said to me by someone, you got to understand he makes everyone around him better. So the player the Jazz drafted was a player that they were excited for because he makes everyone around him better. And that's how they viewed him. And frankly, at the time... When the Jazz drafted him, they had Darren Williams. They wanted another ball handler to help Darren out. They saw him almost playing the Hornacek role to, to Williams and Boozer, uh, as, and that never evolved. And then the Jazz, so he, you know, he plays his, his 17 minutes a night. In his second year in the, as a rookie, in his second year in the league, he now starts. And then all of a sudden, the by, by his third year, fourth year in the league, the Jazz have thrust him into the role of go-to guy. 
not something that I think you ever could have imagined for him. You know, this was not a role that I think anyone anticipated him taking. If you look at his per 36 minutes, this is a guy who shot, you know, eight, nine times by th- per 36 minutes, and now all of a sudden you're saying, hey, actually, we need you to use 15, 16 possessions uh, in that same time period. And you've got to be the man. Uh, probably an outrageous request. Uh, and, and a little bit overwhelming to him. And we saw that. His shooting percentage dipped to 41%. His three-point shooting was 30%. He really did not have a particularly good fourth year in the NBA. He averaged 16 points a game, was on a bad team. You know, his numbers were fine. 16 points, five rebounds, five assists. But so if you look at the progression just in the early part of his career, it's you're going to be a complimentary player that makes everyone better. And then Darren, we trade Darren, and Carlos leaves. And oh, by the way, now you got to be the man. You got to carry the burden of this team every night. And oh, by the way, for a guy who's obsessed with winning, we're going to ask you to lose a lot. And now Quinn Snyder comes in and takes over. And still, he's being asked to do very similar things. And in, you know, the big jump to me was year 23, from his 23 year old to 24 year old year. So when Quinn takes over in 24, 20, uh, the 2014 15 season. And he's just so much better as the go-to guy. Certainly Quinn has helped, but he's so much more comfortable and so much better at it. And he jumps from 16 points to 19 points a game. And at that point, Gordon had truly exceeded anything I thought he was ever going to be able to do. I'm not going to lie to you. And his work ethic and his commitment from that continues unrelentingly to the guy we now have today, whose numbers are astronomical. 22 points, six rebounds, four assists a game, a steal, 47% shooting, 39% from three, an effective field goal percentage of 53%, 22, six, and four if you round up. And it, it's, <laughs> there's just not many guys in the league that are doing this. In fact, I'm gonna, it kind of makes me want to check. But if you go take a look at guys and you try to find, and I'm going to do it right now, uh, guys that are averaging points per game of over 22 points per game, they're averaging over five rebounds a game and averaging over three assists a game and have a f- effective field goal percentage of over 53%. That that last one is, the league average is 50%. I mean, that last one's kind of the the capper to it, right? Like, so, okay, and you're doing this, and I want you to be efficient while you're doing it. You just don't find many guys. You know, he's just become an incredibly unique player in this league, and it's he really, it's why he deserves to be an all-star. But more than, and I think the all-star thing is driving everything, I agree, right now. But more than that, uh, by the way, there's five players in the league who are doing this. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, Gordon Hayward. Come on. Right? I mean, Giannis is incredible. But Durant, Leonard, Antetokounmpo, LeBron, and Gordon. It's, it, think, like, like, just 
take a second on that. Let's we'll get to the All Star thing in a second. Take a second on that. This is the kid out of Butler who came in at 211 pounds to be a complimentary player to other players, who's a ninth pick of a draft, who nobody, nobody in their right mind should have ever, for one thought, ever would be considered in a conversation with those four guys. Well, we didn't know. But LeBron and Durant? And sure, LeBron and Durant do it at a little bit even higher level, right? Like, I mean, LeBron's effective field goal percentage is 57, and Durant's 56, and Kawhi Leonard's is 54, and Adekumo's 56, and Gordon's 53. But he's in that he's in that conversation. His true shooting percentage is actually better than LeBron's this year, which includes going to the free throw line. You know, and a, and a true shooting percentage of over 60. Every All four of these five guys. They're the only five guys in the league who can do that. And our Gordon Hayward is in that group of guys. And it is a statement to the work and commitment of his game. Because if you look at those guys, and Kawhi Leonard deserves it too, but Kawhi Leonard, Durant's just an ungodly talent, right? Like, I mean, you know, God got crazy. And then God, God, God got even crazier with Adetokounmpo and LeBron. Like, those are athletic marvels. Kawhi's a bit of an athletic marvel with his hand size and some other things, uh, but he deserves, I mean, the fact this guy's shooting 41% from three goes into the category with Gordon. It's just insane work ethic. But here's Gordon, a relatively unrecruited college high school player, goes to Butler, puts Butler on the map, works himself into the NBA, and is not dominant when he first gets league. Goes through a world of struggles, is an okay player for a while, who's now moved himself into this category. It's it's an incredible story. The ease he plays the game with right now, the commitment he has to greatness with his work ethic and his workouts and his time in the gym, and now his film study. He's got this black book he has with him at all times that he takes to every single film study he does with Johnny Bryant, in which after every game he writes down what it is that makes that he thought happened during that game. Then he takes the next step to go watch the film of that game and take some more notes, and then he watches film session and adds another set of notes, and then when he looks at those all together, he then prepares for every game by reviewing those old notes. And it, it stems from like it stems from a documentary or movie he watched on Peyton Manning, in which Peyton Manning said that if you're watching film and you're doing it without notes, you're just wasting your time. Okay. I back up, why is he watching a film about Peyton Manning? Because he's trying to absorb any ounce of greatness that he can that makes him better. Why did he fly to L.A. for a week with Kobe Bryant? Because he's trying to absorb any ounce of greatness you possibly can. And we see the Kobe Bryant footwork. We see Gordon now working himself to spots on the floor offensively to make plays where he knows where he is. I mean, one of the things about Gordon that's either been good or bad is that over the last few years, he's kind of shot from all around the floor and in all sorts of different spots, and he's been this incredibly well-rounded, diverse shot chart across the league. Now we're seeing him much more committed. I'm going to get to that spot. I know exactly what that shot is. I'm going to score from there. Uh you know, I know he's not shooting interestingly well in the final five minutes of games this year. He's very pretty darn good at the last two years. He's not this year. That, I think, is going to come around. That's just a small sample size, weird law of averages. He's 19 of 20 at the free throw line in the five, final five minutes of a close game this year. 
Showed that again the other night. Incredible pass to Favors late. And Favors just dunked it. All right, I want to, I'll get back to the Gordon Hayward edition of the show, but today's show is brought to you by Dan Spence, who is the local regional sales manager for Jamalto. And Jamalto is the digital leader in security and the digital global leader in digital security uh, in a crazy little connected world we all live in. So, there's two ways that you can think of. I always like to use the basketball analogy. It's not great, but it kind of makes sense. If you're a company and you're trying to protect your really, really important data, the way you used to do it was try to just protect everything, never let anyone get inside the three-point line. It's impossible. Like someone's getting in the three-point line. Just the uh, research shows that there's no way you can actually protect that. Every second, 41 records are either lost or stolen. Number of compromised records increased 31% from last year when you look at the research. So you have to change your strategy because you just don't have enough guys on the floor basically to be able to protect every anyone from getting inside the three-point line. And so the next step of what you do is you decide, well, let's go put all of our stuff in protected situations and protect it at the rim. And so in that sense, Jamalto becomes Rudy Gobert. Data's the new gold. Everyone's going after it. So what do you do? You encrypt your data data in a way that in your intellectual property that people, even if they breach your outside perimeter, they can't get to it. Then you use crypto management, and then you use authentication. Basically, it's a three-step process. It's what's made Jamalto the global leader. Dan can lay it out for you far better than I just did, but that's the concept. Protect for when the breach happens and bring Jamalto into your world to make sure your company doesn't have these problems. Call Dan Spence at 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. Dan.spence at Jamalto.com. I just, I, I just, it's the Gordon Hayward edition of the show. We'll touch on the other games. But what we, I want to make sure that we're all grasping what we're seeing. The, it, and it's a combination of development of skill, of commitment to greatness. And it's an, and it's an outlandish story. It's an outlandish story. A guy who's the ninth pick of a draft becomes an NBA all-star seven years, eight years into his run, having improved his scoring every single year, having improved aspects of his game every single year, it's really, it's amazing. And now you have a guy, 22 points, five rebounds, three assists, an effective field goal percentage of over 53%, a true shooting percentage of 60%, and there's only four guys, other guys in the league that are doing it. I mean, that is awesome. And I will tweet it out with a hashtag NBA vote, and I hope you follow as well. Now, uh, let me touch on the All-Star. This is important. The All-Star vote, after the starters come in, the final seven spots are voted on by the 15 Western Conference coaches. The 15 Western Conference coaches. I think that's the best scenario Gordon has to make the All-Star team. These are the guys who know how good he is, know how hard he's worked, and know what he's done in his evolution as a player. And 
and the time and the commitment that he has put into and how good he really is. I mean, he's really good. And how much he impacts every game he plays. And when you start to, that gives Gordon a chance. When you start to break this down, I think the five starters will turn out to be uh, James Harden, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. I'm forgetting somebody obvious. Anthony Davis will be the center. And whoever that fifth person that's totally obvious to me is that I'm forgetting that I'm sure you know it's Kawhi Leonard. Okay. So those will be the five starters. Then the coaches vote for two guards and three front court players. And here's the scenario where I think Gordon has a real chance to make this team. The two guards are Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. They'll get every single of the 15 votes. The forwards are not as clear cut, and Gordon probably goes into that front court collection. So I think those next three are Marcus Gasol will get 15 votes from 15 coaches. Draymond Green, I think, probably gets 15 votes from 15 coaches. DeMarcus Cousins probably does not get 15 votes from 15 coaches. There'll be a coach or two who leaves DeMarcus Cousins off the All-Star ball. He'll make the All-Star team, but they'll leave him out. Now you have two wild cards you are going to vote for. Okay, there's a few votes lingering from that front that hopefully Gordon gets that pushes him ahead of this wild card group. Because the wild card group is going to be Clay Thompson, former All-Star, Gordon Hayward, Dame Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Jordan, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Those eight players are going to end up getting votes. And the two players that get the most votes out of that, out of those 30 potential votes, 15 coaches, two spots, 30 potential votes, are going to be the two All-Stars. If Gordon can go sneak two or three front court first set of votes because DeMarcus Cousins doesn't get them, that would really help his chances. And Clay Thompson shouldn't get those. And Damian Lillard can't get those. And C.J. McCollum can't get those because they're not front court players. I'm assuming that Gordon will be listed as a front court player with Rodney Hood as the two. That gives Gordon a real edge in making the all-star team, if I've got this correctly. And this is why I think he'll be an all-star. I think he'll get two or three votes there. Then he'll get probably 10 of the 15 votes on the next tier, and I think he makes the all-star team. I feel I feel as comfortable today, and I have been the one who says there's no chance he's going to make the all-star team. But what the guy has done this season is incredible. So we'll see. That That's the vote. That's how it goes down. Now, LaMarcus Aldridge would mean he gets knocked off the All-Star team. Don't the Spurs deserve two All-Stars at least, considering their record? Can Rudy Gobert sneak in there as well? I mean, that's another story we should be talking about who's just totally remarkable. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I feel that that's why I think Gordon's got a real chance. Uh, over the weekend, two good wins by the Jazz. Uh, the Detroit game and the... Uh, Orlando game kind of had some similar feels to them. Uh, just kind of closing out, being the better team, winning it late. Uh, Favors with a mammoth play late, which looked like old Derek Favors. Uh, you know, probably got to play better moving forward here, but that's what you're supposed to do. It's hard to just 
You just don't blow teams out very often in the NBA. Um, we're not, I think, in sync enough to go blow teams out in the NBA right now. Um, so I think that it's a, uh, you know, it's really a, you know, they're two wins. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain about two wins. Frankly, uh, probably we could have played a tiny bit better uh, in those two wins. But I would also say that you just you go get your wins and you and you take it home. The Rodney Hood injury is not great. And this is going to be a huge burden on Gordon uh, coming forward because Rodney really has been the second scorer. I think George Hill is going to be that second scorer now. Uh, I I would bone bruise. Good news, frankly. Uh, really good news. The the chances are that that looked like it was going to be awful. Uh, so I would suspect we're sitting here on January sixteenth. I would suspect there gets to be a decent chance we don't see Rodney again until after the All Star break. You know, I don't know that. No one's told me that, but I'm just kind of looking at the schedule. Bone bruises are often four weeks. That's right at four weeks. If you suddenly have the chance of bringing Rodney back or suddenly your four weeks become six weeks because and that gives him a better chance, and let's, maybe that's it. You know, I, I, I kind of made that up. Uh, but that's in my mind what I'm assuming is that the Jazz are going to roll between now and the All-Star break uh, without Rodney. And we'll see whether or not that's true or not. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully he comes back sooner. Uh, but here's the important things. There's a lot of winnable games on the schedule here. We've got to win them. Regardless of whether Rodney's there or not, uh, and it's a legitimate excuse to have when Rodney is to have Rodney not in the game and to say, hey, you know, we didn't win. But the fact is these are games you have to win. You, you can't get them back. And so if we're trying to make four or five in the West, uh, you know, four in the West probably is what we're shooting for. You, it's really a hard one uh, to lose. We're plus nine when Rodney's on the floor. We're only plus one point eight when he's off. Okay, so it's a it's a big it's a big hit. Uh, but you still have to try to find a way to win games. Um, I think that you you know you start to look at the the impact. The impact is that you know Gordon is now the number one scorer without Rodney's probably the number two focus on the floor uh, without him on the floor, right? With when you have, um, and so now Gordon is going to get even tougher coverage. Alec Burks looked really good the other night, and maybe he can relieve some of that burden. Uh, Maybe Joe Johnson can get it going a little bit. Uh, George Hill's the obvious, but what's been beautiful about the Jazz when they've actually been right is to have the three wings who can all go and all score and makes it very, very difficult for the Jazz to, um, for other teams to guard the Jazz. And so I think that's a, that's going to be a part of it. Gordon has been similar, uh, when, when Hood is on or off the floor this year. Uh, his three-point shooting when Rodney's on the floor is much, much better. He's 37 of 88 versus 32 of 88. His overall uh, effective field goal percentage, though, has been better when Rodney's on the bench. Not quite sure why that would be. Uh, but his three-point shooting where Rodney gets in the lane, kicks out, Gordon gets a good look. And so now the question's going to be, uh, can Gordon get that same action off George Hill, off Joe Ingles, off Joe Johnson, off Alec Burks? Uh, the first two are not guys that are going to, draw that kind of the same attention. Uh, Ingles and Johnson are good passers. Alec has not shown uh, the same propensity for passing in his NBA career. Uh, but hopefully that's evolving as he gets a bit older uh, and continues to play well. Uh, George uh, Gordon's 
Three-point shooting with George Hill on the floor is 46% compared to 37% when he's off. So, you know, Gordon's having this massive, massive January, which is probably related to having a point guard for the first time in his NBA career. Think about that. For the first time since Gordon Hayward has been good, he has a point guard. And in the 12 games that he's had with uh, George Hill on the floor, when he played... You know, in the two hundred, they've only played two hundred and ninety-one minutes. He's shooting forty-six percent from three, forty-seven percent from the field, an effective field goal percentage of fifty-six percent when he has George Hill on the floor. Gordon's gonna have to carry this load to All Star break. All right, that is locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Appreciate it. Have a great day. And again, thank you to Jamalto and Dan Spence for sponsoring today's program. And uh, the digital security that Jamalto brings. Give Dan a call at, or actually just at 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. Email him at dan.spence at jamalto.com. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.